This is The World in 10 from The Times of London for Wednesday the 28th of December. I'm Sonal Patel. And I'm Amy Gill. Russia intensifies attacks on Kherson as Ukrainians look to leave the recently liberated city. And Taiwan increases its mandatory military service to counter Chinese aggression. The consequences of China taking Taiwan would cause such a global shock, the equivalent to that of Covid and the invasion of Ukraine. To Kherson in Ukraine. Under relentless attack from Russian forces, the daily and continuous sound of artillery fire. At its worst, more than 40 missiles hit the city in a single day. This latest target is the central market of Kherson. Cars burnt out, shops destroyed. At least 11 people were killed in the attack, all ordinary people. Families devastated, businesses destroyed, homes piles of brick and charred wood. It's a far cry from the jubilant scenes last month when Kherson was liberated from Russian control. The Russians did pull back, but only to the other side of the Dnipro River. Russian forces are too depleted to take the city again. But there's constant shelling, a reminder they're still in the game. Next year will be a turning point. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky was upbeat in a recent visit to the United States. An American resolve must guarantee the future of our common freedom the freedom of people who stand for their values. There was talk of a peace summit in February. Sir Tony Brenton, Britain's former ambassador to Russia, thinks that's unlikely. Putin has been talking increasingly volubly over the last few weeks about how he's ready to negotiate. Ukrainians now obviously feel the need to offer their own peace offer or suggestion, hence their idea for this summit. But if you read the small print, what they're talking about is a summit which the Russians will only be able to participate in if, for example, they they accept the possibility of war trials, which they're not going to. Meanwhile, in Kherson, people board evacuation coaches on a train. Dozens are leaving Kherson daily in search of safety. From war in Europe to the threat of war in Southeast Asia, Taiwan has announced that it will extend mandatory military service from four months to one year. In a press conference on Tuesday, President Tsai Ing-wen said it was an incredibly difficult decision, but she had a duty to protect national interests and allow Taiwan to survive eternally so its people can live a free democratic life. The current military system, according to President Tsai, is insufficient to cope with the rising threat of China. Not only is Taiwan extending military service, but conscripts will also undergo a more intense training, similar to the United States and other advanced militaries. Over the weekend, Taipei said 71 Chinese Air Force planes entered its air defence zones in one of the largest incursions around the island. Though Taiwan is self-governed, China believes it to be a breakaway region with which it plans to reunite. US military officials have warned that President Xi has set a 2027 deadline for this to happen. But chair of the UK's Defence Select Committee, Tobias Elwood, has predicted that China will invade Taiwan sooner. It was clear tensions are rising. China's long wanted control of this island uh, for decades. But the feeling is now that the tensions are escalating and this is only going in one direction. Drawing parallels between Russia's war in Ukraine, Mr Elwood believes the repercussions of a Chinese invasion of Taiwan will be disastrous.
the consequences of China taking Taiwan would cause such a global shock, the equivalent to that of COVID and the invasion of Ukraine combined. We've learned the hard way, the importance of grain exports from Ukraine. For Taiwan, it's semiconductors. The world relies on Taiwan for 60% of all its semiconductors, 90% of the advanced ones. You're listening to The World in 10 from The Times of London. Analysis and insights into global events, all in just 10 minutes. On the way, the US Supreme Court upholds a COVID-era immigration ruling and the grandson of a reggae legend has died. To Iran, where it's been more than 100 days since protests began. It all started back in September when a young Kurdish woman, Masa Amini, was killed in custody for allegedly failing to wear her hijab or headscarf properly. Since then, rights groups estimate that 500 people have been killed for their part in the unrest. The turmoil, led by women and young people, poses the biggest threat to the Islamic Republic since 1979. Thousands are in jail and an unknown number face the death penalty. British man Anousa Yashuri was held in an Iranian prison and released only recently alongside Nazanin Zaghari Ratcliffe. I think people think that, uh, OK, Anousha was arrested, maybe he had done something. I haven't done anything, so I am safe. Well, I didn't do anything and I was arrested and I had to spend those years. So this can happen to anybody. The 68-year-old was visiting his mother when he was bundled into a van, blindfolded and accused of spying for Israel. His daughter, Elika, says Britain needs to do more to help Iranians. Britain's silence on the Iran issue as a whole has been very concerning. I have been campaigning for political sponsorship of Iranian prisoners in the UK, which a lot of other countries have agreed to. Seven people with links to the UK have been arrested. Tehran says it's down to what it calls Britain's destructive role in the unrest. The UK government is advising those with dual nationality to leave the country immediately. The US Supreme Court has upheld a request by Republican attorneys to put off a decision to end an emergency public health order. Title 42, which allows officials to rapidly expel migrants caught at the US-Mexico border, was set to expire on December 21st. It was first implemented in March 2020 in response to the COVID pandemic. But on Tuesday, the Supreme Court voted 5-4 to keep the order while they decide whether 19 states can challenge the end of the policy. In response, President Biden says he will continue to enforce it. Border crossings have reached record numbers this year and supporters of Title 42 are worried that this will increase if it is removed, while immigration activists argue that it will stop people from being able to seek asylum. The Supreme Court is set to hear oral arguments early next year. With a look ahead to the 2023 Australian Open, here's John Jackson. Novak Djokovic is back in Australia just short of a year since he was deported ahead of the 2022 Australian Open. The 21-time Grand Slam tennis champion was denied entry after arriving without meeting the country's requirements of being vaccinated against COVID-19. The Australian government reversed their decision in November, with all COVID-related border restrictions now removed in the country. 
The former world number one won the season-ending ATP finals last month in Turin, and the Serbian will be favoured to claim a 10th Australian Open crown. That would bring him level with Spain's Rafa Nadal on 22 Grand Slam titles. The 2023 Australian Open takes place at Melbourne Park between the 16th and 29th of January, and Djokovic is due to play in the Adelaide International as a warm-up beginning on Sunday. Jamaican-American reggae artist Joseph Marley has died at the age of 31. Grandson to the legendary Bob Marley, Joseph, whose stage name was Joe Mercer, was found unresponsive in his car on Tuesday. It is believed he died from an asthma attack. The singer-songwriter rose to prominence in 2016 with his single Burn It Down, which features his brother Johan. But it wasn't until last year that he released his first album, Eternal. Jamaica's culture minister said Joe Mercer's death was a huge loss to reggae music as we look to the next generation. While the Jamaican opposition leader sent his condolences to Joseph's family, including his eight-time Grammy winner father, Stephen Marley. And finally, at the risk of sounding like someone's grandmother, there's an app for everything. Finding love using one is old hat now. Gone are the days when couples who met on dating apps made up elaborate cover stories to avoid admitting that algorithms, not fate, had brought them together. But what about an app for finding a bestie? Would you use it? There's one on the market called Pally, and it's all about making friends. The people behind it claim to be the first to use social psychology to match users. At the moment, only those living in London can use Pally, but there are plans to broaden bases to more UK cities and even New York. Making friends through apps might be the final social taboo to break, but psychologists insist it's not desperate. You've been listening to The World in 10 for Wednesday, 28th of December. This podcast from The Times is brought to you in partnership with Google Podcasts.